You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Final Rise, Onyx Hunt, Nastra, Gunner Kennels, and Anookshook Professional Dog Food. And you're listening to episode 98 with Michael and Wyatt from Upland Nomads. I want to thank my sponsors, Final Rise Gear. Guys, Final Rise Gear, uh, Matt Davis, his team over in Utah, guys, are creating some of the highest quality premium upland gear there is, uh, period. There's just nothing better when you're looking at an upland vest, a gun case, accessories, and a system that's going to fit how you hunt. Uh, Look no further than Final Rise. Uh, Check them out at finalrise.com. The Summit Vest has treated me so well since day one, going on year three. Um, It's something that holds up and you can customize to no end. So check out Final Rise. I also want to thank Onyx Hunt. Onyx Hunt is the number one digital mapping tool in the world. Uh, It's a necessity. It is something that is just for every bird hunter to open up uh, new areas, uh, publicly accessible land. Onyx Hunt is where it's at. Uh, You are going to just get to explore so much more of this beautiful country and knowing exactly where you stand. I also want to thank Nastra, National Shoot to Retrieve Association. Uh, Nastra has been one of those awesome organizations to, to partner with and also to participate in. Uh, as a Nastra member, I've gotten to meet some incredible people who are, are not only mentors to me, uh, but people that have, have helped me along the way in having my own bird dogs and hunting and uh, just learning everything there is to be a bird hunter uh, here. So check out Nashra today. Uh, become a member. Uh, find a trial near you. They have tons and tons of trials happening across the country. Uh, and it's a great way to jump in, meet some great folks with Nashra. also want to thank Anookshook Professional Dog Food. Anookshook's uh, the only thing I will feed my dogs. It is high quality, uh, high protein, dense formula that keeps my dogs going on the longest of hunts. Uh, summer, winter, fall, spring, the, the whole thing. Uh, my dogs are always on a nook shook. Uh, they have different formulas. It's going to fit your needs for your dogs. Check them out at a nookshookpro.com. This is Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the best kennels on the market today, period, hands down. End of story. I could end it right here, but I won't. Uh, I've tried every kennel brand on the market today, and Gunner is the only one I trust with my dogs. Uh, carrying them across country on the road, hunting trips to the vet appointments, whatever I'm doing, I'm putting them in a Gunner kennel. Uh, Gunner's got some incredible products, not just the kennels, but fan kits, accessories, orthopedic pads, food crates, bowls, bumpers, uh, you name it. Check out GunnerKennels.com today and uh, get your hands on uh, some of their products. You will experience the difference. You'll experience how every product is intentionally built and engineered to the nth degree so check out gunnerkennels.com what's going on everyone welcome back to the upland rookie podcast it's will it's been a while but i'm back here we go i'm in my garage coming to you with another episode recorded this one a little while back with michael and wyatt uh they run the upland nomad podcast and they are dedicated bird hunters up in north dakota and uh it's great to pick their brains uh been chatting with them for for quite a while now i've known them over uh instagram and social media and uh thought it'd be a fun episode to jump on together uh catch up with those two uh again learn their stories learn their origin of upland bird hunting and catch up with uh what's on tap for them this fall up in north dakota and beyond uh the state that they live in 
So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this one. Uh, it's great catching up with these two. And I uh, hope everyone's doing well out there. Uh, we are late October, and bird season is in full swing. Um, love seeing some of the pictures, some of the posts you guys are making on uh, online. And so it's always good, um, you know, just catching up and seeing what you're experiencing, seeing what you are uh, doing with your dogs out in the fields, chasing new birds. Uh, I know a lot of you have been uh, getting out of state and, and chasing something new, uh, getting getting some new terrain under your belt um, and just checking out some new areas. So keep it up. Keep crushing it. Love hearing those stories. So we're going to dive right into episode 98. Here we go. Wyatt and Michael, thanks for uh, for joining us here, guys. Uh, appreciate you jumping on and uh, making some time right before bird season, too. So thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, no yeah, thanks for having us on. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, why don't you guys uh, go one at a time here and uh, introduce yourself and put us on the map. Where are you guys talking to us from? Pretty boy gets to uh, go first there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> or pretty voice, I should say, right? Yeah, pretty voice. He's, he's the voice here. <laughs> the voice, yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Wyatt Peppel. Uh, coming to you from Grand Forks, North Dakota. So very northeast last city pretty much uh before you go to canada going <laughs> right north on. so right on michael how about you uh so i just recently moved so i'm now coming from uh the eastern part of north dakota as well but i'm little town called mapleton it's just right west of fargo it's basically fargo i think i just broke my chair <laughs> did you just break are you okay <laughs> no i'm good my chair isn't really a chair we sold it before we moved so i'm sitting on a box because I haven't gotten a new chair yet. <laughs> if, if the listeners could just see what I saw, it, you just yeah. dropped like three inches. <laughs> I think you just need to record that uh, facial expression and put that on your, on your Instagram page. That's the that's the episode post right there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you guys. Flip yeah. that bad boy around and sit it the other way. <laughs> there you go. What an intro. What an yeah. intro. <laughs> hey, we like to keep it interesting. So, so Michael, I got to ask, did you move to get away from Wyatt more, a little more space? or? Uh, we actually, I moved closer. <laughs> oh, you moved closer. So you can't get yeah. enough of him then. Yeah, I used to be out in central North Dakota. Okay. I actually moved yeah. away from birds, but closer oh. to family. Yep. Yeah. You Ooh. moved away from pu- public land. I moved away from public land. Yeah. yeah now you got you got to drive half hour to find them. Michael. That's that's mm-hmm. a tough decision there, man. I'm kind of questioning your uh, decision making. That's eh, a little bit. Eh. <laughs> I agree, but you know, be close to family with the little one. It's nice to be close. <laughs> that's true. That's true. If you get some get some help with babysitters and all that good stuff, that, that exactly. Helps. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, uh, why don't you guys give us a little overview? Um, I know where you guys live now. Uh, Wyatt, give us a little overview of who is Wyatt Peppel. Oh, I'm a, a hardscaper by trade, so I work my butt off in the summer from about 8 to 8 every night, so I can have fun all fall. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a trade-off, but um, I grew up pretty much in Canada, uh, in Hockey Town, USA, so... All right. Who's your uh, Who's your team? I'd have to go with the Wild. Okay. I don't ball a lot of hockey, but <laughs> I'd have to go with the Wild. All right. All right. We're still searching for that uh, playoff win here. <laughs> you, you'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll eventually. get that Stanley Cup. Well, maybe we'll get a championship in Minnesota besides the Lynx here. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someday. Someday. And the Twins, I guess. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, Michael, a little overview about you, sir. <clears throat> um, well, I'm Michael Colness. Uh, I'm a retired math teacher that now does roofing by trade. So I <laughs> uh, got out of teaching and into something a little more outdoors and kind of the same as Wyatt right now where it's um, work hard in the summer and the fall when it slows down, get a hunt more. That's awesome, man. So yeah. I, I, I would imagine teaching has to be hard into being a, a bird hunter or, a, or any kind of hunter, really, because of fall uh, and school. And it's got to be a little tricky. But it shouldn't yeah. be. It shouldn't be. He has a bunch of kids that were all farmers. It's a ton of uh, access. So, so they're all missing I, school anyways. Yeah. I scouted a lot uh, on my way home from school to and from work all a lot when I was up there so I could find <laughs> birds. But there you go. Yeah. You could do like some kind of like math class, right? Like, hey, let's go count the flushes and add up, you know, bird. Oh, I should have done that. You get creative. I should have yeah. done that. <laughs> I mean, depending on what level you're you're teaching, but still, I mean, yeah. you could count, you know, count birds in a covey and we're taking roadside surveys. How many we got there? All right, so I'm gonna now teach you how to use this app called Onyx. <laughs> Mark it for me, please. Tell, tell me how far this piece of public land is from that piece. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's a whole new dimension here for schooling. Okay, we're going to dive in here, guys. This has been one of the best intros I've had in a long time. So, um, guys, why don't you uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourselves as far as, as getting into hunting? Was was hunting uh, a part of your lives? Was it something you started later in life? Like, let's back up a little bit with each of your stories. Why, why don't you kick us off with you know, how did you really get into hunting and, and specifically upland bird hunting? Uh hunting has just kind of been like a way of life i my grandpa was huge both my grandparents grandpas were huge in the hunting followed my grandpa around when he's my grandpa was huge in the trapping so i followed my grandpa around when he was trapping when i was like five six years old that's why i first got to learn how to shoot a gun we had to shoot the beaver in the snare so and and then it kind of we my parents had 80 acres of pretty much prime. When I look back at it, it was prime gross hunting land and deer hunting land. And so I grew up. First bird I ever shot was a rough grouse with my red rider. Hmm. So, yeah, I think. And then dad finally let me take the, the 410 out. And my, uh, my numbers went up a lot from there. <laughs> It just, so, it, just, it just skyrocketed. They sky, my number skyrocketed. Well, once I figured out, I was like, oh, this is sweet. Like, And then I, they tasted really good, too. So Yeah, that's awesome. You, got you, the guys, hunters. you, you guys were hunting behind dogs and, and all that growing up? or No, did not no. have a dog. I was I was the dog. <laughs> I hear that a lot from a lot of guests. They, they, they say when they, they start out as a kid, they're like, I was the, I was the dog. I was the retriever, the flusher, everything. Yep, yep. No, I, I had dogs growing up, but it wasn't. I think the I had a black lab, but it, I was like too young when we had the black lab, and it was a runner, and mm. always ran down to the neighbor's place because they had two other black labs. <laughs> so, or else, yeah, or else I didn't really have any dogs growing up until I got my, until I got rigs when I graduated college. So okay, okay, right on. Michael, how about uh, how about you, man? Was was hunting a part of your life growing up? Was it something you got into later? Take us through that. So hunting has been a part of my life when I was growing up too, but it was specifically whitetail hunting. Hmm. I 
it was always a deer camp, you know, opener, opening weekend, everything like that. My dad would take me and I'd hunt with my uncles at my uh, grandparents' land and everything. And it wasn't until I got a little older that I kind of started getting introduced to more and more. And I hunted, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have shook my head when you asked if we hunted behind dogs in high school. I hunted behind one a couple times, but it wasn't mine. It was my buddy's grandpa's. He actually took us pheasant hunting. And that was my first time ever being pheasant hunting. I was probably 14, 15 years old. Uh, the first time I went out and there, where I grew up in Minnesota, there's not a lot of birds around from pheasants to grouse, partridge, nothing. So what we would do is there was, uh, some state land right adjacent to a pheasant farm, basically. So if, if people went and bought oh. birds and didn't shoot them, they'd go over there. So you might be able to kick up a few here and there. But um, And then it, basically when I got into college is when things switched. And we didn't have dogs in college. And I did a lot of pheasant hunting hmm. uh, specifically in college near where I went. But then, yeah, that's kind of what got me into upland hunting, I guess. Yeah. The way of my life. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. And then it sucks you in, right? And once once yeah. you really start dipping your toes in, it kind of just pulls you in pretty quick. Especially right. once you get a dog for it, too. Yeah. Dog. yeah that's, and all your time and your money goes to yeah. the dog. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> then you get two dogs. Then you get three dogs. And, you, and then it keeps snowballing. Yeah. I'm still yeah. trying to convince the wife to get a second one. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm rooting for you, man. I'm rooting for yeah. you. I'm trying, to get the, I'm trying to get the third one. but. <laughs> I just got a second one, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> what uh, what kind of dogs uh, are both of you running? I have two GSPs. I have a Cocker Spaniel. Oh, okay. You're on the, yeah. the, the old Cocker Spaniel train. Yeah, little nice. dog. She has shown improvement over the last couple of years. Right away, she was small. She was six months, seven months when we first took her out that first year, and it was hard for her to run through the grass. But <laughs> she's gotten a little older, bigger, stronger. Yeah, yeah, it's fun watching her work. That's awesome. And I've, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm definitely curious about the the cocker. I've uh, the wife wants a uh, uh, she wants like a house dog, so she wants like a big old Bernie's Mountain Dog, I guess. Well, jeez, I know. I'm like, come on, doesn't it doesn't want it doesn't hunt. Two, they're massive. I don't want to be picking up piles of crap the size of elephants. Right. And uh, so I'm like, what about a little cocker spaniel? Like it's small. It's it, you know they're like they good the dogs. Good little dog. Dogs gotta have a purpose, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a dual purpose, and she, yeah, right. she shot that down pretty quick. But I say my both my dogs are house dogs, but they also know how to be in their kennels. So yeah, know how to know how to chill a little bit. Right. Well, what, uh, yeah. well, a little bit, right? They're, they're German dogs. So. <laughs> say no more. Say no more. <laughs> what uh, What is it about for you, for your, each of you guys? Um, you know what thinking about upland hunting chasing birds like it's it's such a you got, you got big game hunting deer all elk out west all, all the big game stuff but what is it about bird hunting that just makes it special for you guys that that keeps you wanting to get after it get bird dogs chase chase birds on new public lands like what is it for you that makes upland hunting so special watching your dog watching your dogs figure it out and that's probably the biggest hmm. and you're like oh dang why like because I used to be huge into like whitetail hunting, archery especially. Um, I was putting in like sixty some days out archery hunting a year, and I don't know. Once I started hunting with I got rigs, I was like, "Yeah, dang, you know, I'm not seeing anything right now. I could be out running the dog and 
we could have our three pheasant by now. <laughs> and I don't know. I think that's what keeps me coming back. And then it's just like the, it's, oh, it's never the same. Like no matter where you go, it's not like ever the same, not always on the same type of terrain. Uh, where you find birds one time might be a little different than the next, I guess. Hmm. For me, I don't know. It's just yeah. always something different. Sure. Yeah, for me, it'd be, I like the the excitement behind it. Dogs mm. are a huge thing too, but like watching them, I feel like whenever I'm out in a field, it's, you know, when your dog gets birdie, whatever, you never know when to expect the flush, right? And that's kind of what keeps me going. I like the idea of, you know, watching my dog's work or my dog, I should say I got one mm. and watching her figure it out for the first time, like when she actually was like, oh yeah, I got this down, you know, took a couple times, a couple hunts. Uh, probably actually about half season, but sure. it's the excitement for me that I just love and it keeps me coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely something special about it. Um, yeah. I heard both you say the dogs and I think that's, it can, it, sometimes it can be a cliche. People maybe take it as like, Oh, I love watching the dog work, but it is, it's something special, yes. special about it. Watching the animal do what they were bred to do mm-hmm. and kind of putting all those pieces together. So couldn't couldn't agree more um how was how was last season for you guys i know we haven't uh it's the first time you guys have been on our uh, podcast here but how was how was last season what were some, some maybe some highlights some standout moments for you guys i know michael you guys you and your wife had, had a baby last year so maybe last season looked a little different for you but yeah a little what bit did, uh, <laughs> what last season hold for you you two uh banner here uh probably best year on record so far for for me anyway but and also was in four different states so yeah no, that, that, that helps yeah. chasing new birds and new states and but uh yeah it wasn't what? so much new birds and new states it's probably the same birds and the same states that i usually go to but we did sure. i did go to montana and south dakota the last year never been to south dakota but didn't want to give up the season yet after uh christmas in north dakota so okay. Went down and trudged through four feet of snow in South Dakota. Oh gosh! <laughs> did you guys, did you guys find some birds still? Uh, we shot uh, on our last day there. We shot our three man limit. So okay, yeah, it was honestly it wasn't actually that bad because you just sent the dogs and the stuff you didn't want to walk, and they, they were going to be in the cattail sloughs anyway. So you just walk the outside, and if you had to go in, to, I mean, I had to go in to go flush the bird. Which sucked a few times, but sure. <laughs> Bringing you back to your early, early days of being the bird yeah. dog. Yeah. I mean, there's, they were holding so tight. Like my dogs were, I think I, I was running one at a time at that point. So I think I had rigs out and they were holding so tight. I had to walk in because wow. he wouldn't, I couldn't get him to, to move. So, and then wow. You got snow falling all around you, so it was it was a shit show, to say the least. But the shots were nice and easy. But yeah, that's good for you, maybe. No, <laughs> hey. Yeah. Hey. Uh, no, I think the highlight of last season, I, I think it'd have to be Montana. That was it was the first time I went to Montana. It was a really fun trip. Uh, the heat was not. A, heat was not fun the 95 degrees you, you went staying, early season yeah staying in a tent and then uh, not having any ac so we're just like hanging out in the truck all day we shot a, we shot our limit in like 
10 minutes, 10, 20 minutes, wasn't Michael? Yeah. Yeah, with Sharpies, yep. Yeah. Yeah, We stumbled on a honey hole. Yeah, we did. And then we just chased uh, Partridge the rest of the day. But their Partridge bag limit there is eight per person. So it's... Yeah, uh, that's a... It's a high, it's, high, it's a high, high goal high. to reach. Yeah, yeah. We were like, yeah. If we get, we, we said if we shot our limit and we shot X amount of huns, we were getting Dairy Queen for supper that day. <laughs> there you go. And then we didn't get Dairy Queen for supper because they were close. So. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but the lady at the gas, the lady at the gas station gave us all the free food we wanted. Oh really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, some awesome. gas station egg rolls, you know. <laughs> Nothing better. Nothing five, better. Five star. <laughs> uh, awesome. I guess uh, me last year, my hunting season is very similar to Wyatt's, basically. We went on basically all the same trips together, everything. But I did learn a few things. Uh, in college, not having a dog, you were the dog. You zigzagged through everything. You went where you thought the birds would be, and you just kept going. So I guess I learned last year that, hey, I know that my dog Willow has it figured out. Trust her. Hmm. Follow where she's going, where she's trying to take you, especially if you're walking. If it's just me and Willow walking a maybe bigger piece, trust her. Hmm. Trust her nose. Sure. And that kind of was something I learned and actually helped us instead of me saying, hey, no, Willow, we got to keep going this way and then we'll come back there later. Yep. No, just let her go and follow her. And then the next thing I learned was if you're in South Dakota in January trying to scout for birds, it's probably not a good idea to go down a minimum maintenance road. You might get stuck. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. How, oh, how, bad, how bad you get stuck? That truck was there overnight. <laughs> truck farmer, was, yeah. Truck was down no. to the frame. Real bad. Yeah. The, yeah. We tried to dig it out for... Sal and I were digging for like four hours before you guys were like, all right, we're done hunting. We'll come get you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. we, we were done hunting for the day, but yeah. Well, and I had a tow rope, but I was like, I can't back up. Like, I can't back up that far. Sure. I'm also going to risk getting my truck stuck. Oh, and then we're 30, 30 miles from town with no <laughs> vehicle. So, <laughs> luckily, yeah, I, well, luckily, we found a farmer. That's good. Good old farmer with a big old tractor. And then hey, we. Yeah. Yep, and then we went limited out. So. <laughs> oh gosh, that's a uh, that's a pro tip right there for anyone. Yeah, yeah don't get stuck. Don't yeah, get... <laughs> go very very cautiously. <laughs> do you guys that uh, do you guys do a lot of hunting together last year? Um, do you guys kind of go go your separate ways? Do a lot of hunts together? What that look like? We do uh, a few trips to get. We do Montana, and then we usually get together right around pheasant opener and do one and then we did two years ago we went out like northwest north dakota together and then we did south dakota last year usually a couple hunts but now because michael lived three hours three and a half hours away from my me so okay now we're an hour away so probably more day hunts now because yeah. we both have about this to get to the good spots around here it's probably both how i have about the same amount of driving so okay mm-hmm how did uh, how, so? How did you guys meet up? Do you guys know each other for a long time? Do you just meet over I, bird dogs and hunting, or how did you guys meet? Well, Where we kind of we uh, we knew each other kind of for a long time. Like knew who each other were. Like we played each other in sports and stuff like that. We didn't grow up that far, but um, we actually like met and became like friends because we worked the same company White works at now. I worked at when I was in college for the summer and everything, and that's oh, okay. where we kind of met. So 
Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, Michael's awesome. best man at my wedding last year, so. Okay. All oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. That's awesome. He said, "Yeah, we got friends, and hunting brought us closer." Right? Came yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, those Hunt, those those single digit nights in the tent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are cold. And then you guys are all warm up in your cots. So, oh, I was so warm last night, and I'm on the floor just shivering. I got turned the buddy heater back on. Ran with propane. Having to mean kind of the reverse of that. Uh, I went to Nebraska last year for the opener. And uh, I forgot my forgot my cot, and so I'm laying in you know 100 degree weather in the daytime, I'm trying to like, just chill, get a nap in. And it's just laying on the freaking ground of a tent. I'd be, <laughs> got my I'd be laying my pad, everything. I'd be laying in the pickup, yeah. see as far back as I can go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, talk about uh, so as we've kind of you know got through summer 2023 here. What, were you guys working on anything with your dogs? Uh, what, what's kind of your summer? summer ritual uh with you and your dogs as you prepare for season usually like to do some pigeon work and i just haven't been able to do i haven't been able to do any pigeon work honestly i've been so busy with work and then so i have the weekends to do it and the weekends have been hot Hmm. but i've i have been going i have permission for about 400 acres north of town here about three miles out of town that i run my dogs on so back when back in middle of july i started doing that okay so mainly working on steadiness with cash little wall training and then uh little retrieving work with him rigs is just kind of just repetition just getting on more bird, wild birds so sure that's, that's yeah with uh with willow it's been more of uh, vet visits than anything else, but oh um, no, with some ear infection, ear issues, stuff like that. Oh. But um, other than that, I think the biggest thing that I've told myself this summer I was going to work on more with her was her like endurance, running her okay. more, uh, being consistent with the hey, we don't just have to take her for walks out in the country and let her run, grab my bike and have her run with me for short periods of time, yeah. you know, where she is running hard. Um, because I know hunting with Wyatt's dogs. They're a little different than Willow is. A little bigger. Sure. Got a little more energy and so on and so forth. And I know that she doesn't need to keep up with her. And with them, I mean. But it's like, you know, if you can hunt hard for me for a little bit and not get tired, if we have to walk a longer piece, perfect. I can let you rest the next one. Sure. If I'm hunting with Wyatt and so on. Because, I mean, she does what, if, if I'm hunting with her solo, she does what I want her to do, which is big. But yeah. I also want to make sure that she stays in good shape. Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, Michael, with with your cocker, is 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 that a dog you could like? You could take her out on a solo hunt for sharpies or for huns, or is, is that really? Are you, are you focusing more on pheasants with her? Um, it it depends on the time of year. Early on, sharpies we can with her, um, but then when they, the season goes on, they usually get a little more uh, scarce. Like they could flush up 150 yards in front of you. You might get lucky but it's a little harder to hunt sharpies with her then uh pheasants and huns they can they can stay pretty still and if willow sees them running she doesn't she doesn't point at all she she just chases them and i just follow her until they flush up so i mean it's once pheasant season starts i'd say it's mainly just chasing pheasants pheasants. yeah and if we stumble on huns we do sure yeah, it sounds like that's that's kind of the one of the cocker's strengths is just being able to kind of the, getting in the thick stuff and getting getting birds up and that, that tight yep. thick cover. So that sounds perfect. 
Um, you guys, you guys do a lot of the training of your dogs yourself. You guys use pros. You have friends. You have mentors. Like, uh, who are you using to, to get your dogs trained, ready to go for uh, for season, or what have you done? YouTube. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've used um, Caldang. What's the what is the YouTube page? They have their method too. I can't it's, even uh, think. Standing Stone. Standing Stone. Yeah. Okay, that's why. That's how I trained both my dogs. Okay. Standing stone method. So it worked for the first one. So I kind of used it for the second one. Yeah. And it's kind of, I think it helped having a second dog. I mean, they're both, there's, you think having two dogs, they have like the same, same mentality. Hmm. No, that is not true whatsoever. <laughs> my, Completely different. My, my younger dog has, he's just weird. I, lo- I love in a, him, buddy. in a good way weird or like a like a, a bad way <laughs> no in a good way weird he's just he's just his own dog like he's just <laughs> himself uh but but he's like he's smart as heck but just some of the things you're like why like why why are we do you think that? do you think harder to train than your first one no honestly easier actually okay okay but i think like a little bit too was like working with rigs at the same time with some of the stuff like piggybacking like when i was doing wall training it didn't take him like a super long like when we first started working out to like figure it out so that was kind of nice because rigs took a while longer and then retrieving uh rigs didn't really retrieve much at all and cash has been way better. So okay, but but the the general process of the the standing stone method has been have you been able to pretty much stay consistent with that method for both dogs? Yeah, pretty much. Um, cash more so with belly collar. Uh, I didn't rigs. I made a lot of mistakes. My first bird dog didn't really know what I was doing. Like <laughs> sure, uh, made some mistakes. I didn't really have a mentor, and I tried finding one around here i mean it's it's like an hour some drive to like the nearest navda chapter and i got rigs in the winter so okay it wasn't and COVID hit so so then i was (laughs) all all the forces working against you (laughs) yeah so yeah but no like it's i made a lot of mistakes right away and not things that have like things i've changed with cash that I didn't with rigs like rigs when I first started home with rigs I shot everything like and it's he still holds point and he's still and he doesn't creep or anything like that I've like my first season I shot everything over him like and sure. I was like oh I'm supposed to do this like <laughs> I should have been <laughs> that first dog mentality man you make you make right. all your mistakes and right and he's, and he's still like he's gotten really good but and I like I he's the dog I can drop and I was like if we need to find birds like he's the dog I'm gonna drop yeah but Cash has got like more style to him okay if that he's got like a prettier point and yeah. do they both yeah. both run hard both range the same like differences uh, there no. Riggs is probably Riggs is a closer working short hair and I think that's just part of like mistakes we made like my wife and I made when we had him because my wife was big on like if he got too far because she used to watch him during the day she would beep him back all the time okay 
So it kind of created that r- rubber band effect a little bit. Yeah. So okay. he'll, he ranges about a hundred yards and then he'll come back to me and he'll go back out. <laughs> but cash, he's like, when he's not running with rigs, he's about uh, probably 200 yards max is about okay. where he's going to go. Okay. Uh, he's got, I shouldn't say that he's gone 800 yards before too, but <laughs> okay. And, but that was to go back to the truck. He, call, he, he called her quits that day he's like dude i'll see you back there yeah yeah it was yeah but then i couldn't see him either so i'm like what the heck and i was like yeah. counting telephone poles and i was like oh geez i was like well gps having like 856 yards so well, that'd be oh, about right oh god so, <laughs> oh man yeah but no he's we slowly like i think i shot 12 birds total over cash last year all of them pointed i think there's there probably a few others that like when we shoot hunting in groups that weren't shot pointed okay. over them but how, well, and how, how old are both those dogs Riggs is soon to be four and cash just turned one. Oh, okay so cash is young still yeah cash was okay. we took him out to montana when cash was only he's almost five months old maybe okay okay so he's little yeah but we didn't yeah my brother actually shot he pointed a sharpie out there, and of course, it was over my brother. So I didn't get to shoot the first bird oh, that okay. Cash pointed. Yeah, oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I didn't shoot the first bird Cash pointed until like October. He pointed okay. uh, two coveys of Huns. Oh, nice! And then I shot like it was three really nice Huns, and I was like, I think I'm gonna mount all these three. <laughs> there you go. You did? No, because oh. he sat nice for the picture. And then as soon as the picture was done, I put my like was putting my phone in my pocket, and he took one of the Huns and had himself a dinner oh, underneath no. my pickup. <laughs> so that's mine. That is mine. That's yeah. pretty good though. Still to shoot shoot a. I mean, so he was what probably seven months at that point when you shot your first bird over him. Yep, seven months. Okay. Yep. Yeah, my good. brother oh. shot like I took him another time when sharpie hunting. And we took just him out. And my brother shot another sharpie over him. Over his point, I was like, "What the heck?" Like, <laughs> but come on, man. Say, <laughs> yeah, let me let me get my first experience. Right. It just happened to be like I was. We were both like separate parts of like a little draw, and he happened to be right in front of my brother Tim. And I was like, you know, I just I'm like I'm not walking all the way over there. To, sure. Just yeah, just have it. Whatever. I say I don't know how long he's going to hold point for. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, what's uh, what's this season look like for both of you guys? What's uh, what's on the horizon? What are you excited about heading into September, October? What's uh, what's coming up? I'm pretty excited for uh, open weekend of Sharpie and Huns in North Dakota. That's when uh, our we're going out to Central North Dakota where we've gone before and had good luck. And so that's only coming in a couple weeks. So it's kind of the first hunt of the year, and I'm pretty excited for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I bet. I was planning on going to Montana. A few people backed out on me. May or may not be else. May or not also be on the podcast. We'll, we'll call them all. Hey, new job. My wife had to work that weekend. <laughs> My brother apparently has to work because he can't spend any money. College students. So, oh, that's what happens, man. You make all these plans. I'm, I'm guilty of this too. I'm like in what July. I'm like, all right, I'm going this, 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 and this date for the next six months and then it gets to like september 1st i'm like actually yeah. i'm gonna go this date <laughs> like i say yeah we got opening weekend we got a we did our patreon hunt giveaway and we have that our winner coming up that opening weekend so all oh, right on and then uh 
then I'm just going to hunt probably around home and then go into Wyoming later in in September. Okay. Have you have you hunted there before? Or? No. Going to try hunting sage grouse, and if we're lucky with the sage grouse, we're going to try to go to the hunt. Uh, talk to a few people and try to hunt uh, blue grouse. Okay, right on. Up we'll in, see how that goes. Up in the mountains, but... yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Michael, you gonna be able to get after uh, any sage grouse anytime soon, or? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, okay. Maybe not this September. Maybe next year. Okay. Because right yeah, on. my wife's every other weekend, so it doesn't really work out for certain hunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, it gets yep. tricky. I get it. Yeah, that gets tricky. Um. You guys have any other, uh, any other out of state plans or trips or just kind of Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, anything else or just kind of sticking probably local? Ba- back to South Dakota, probably. Michael's still got yep. another week there. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to try to go to Kansas at some okay. point. I was going to go in January, but I can't go in January anymore because I'm expecting uh, my first child. Okay. Nice. In Congrats. January. Thank you. That's exciting. So I did plan it all right. So I didn't. Yeah, have good, to miss timing. Much good timing. Timing. No, that's much. Technically, it's still bird season, but you know it is. But yeah, he's not supposed to come till she or he is not supposed to come till end of January. So okay, we'll see how that that happens or not. But I'll probably still go to South Dakota in January, just because uh, South Dakota is not. It's only a couple hours away. So yeah, and something yeah. to happen. We're doctoring in Fargo, so it's not like it's. It's only a couple hours then. So you've, you've thought this through. Well done. I have. I have. <laughs> Good but, job. Yeah. But no, I really want to shoot. A, I really want to hunt quail. Like that's been my. Okay. That's been my. Uh, I wanted to last year. No, I, I was like, I just got to do it. So yeah. At go. some point, I'm just gonna head down to Kansas. I think, and probably when I mean, work's done for the year, probably yeah. November. I was gonna say you could just you know shorter trip. Meet me in Nebraska, and we'll find some find some Bob Whites. We could. I'm not, save save you a few hours. It probably would. <laughs> I say what I don't know how far. I don't know where like the range is in uh, like the Bob White range in Nebraska. So yeah, I'll uh, we'll, we'll, I'll I'll drop you some pins. Maybe we'll we'll, right. we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Not not in the podcast, but we'll we'll talk later. Um, moving on, um, talk a little bit about, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's for a local hunt, a couple hours away or an hour away, whether it's, you guys are doing new States, talk a little bit about packing for a, for a hunting trip. What, what do you guys kind of think through as you're, as you're getting ready for a trip? What are some maybe essentials you're packing, things you're thinking through when you're going on a, on a bird, uh, bird trip? Um, I would say, uh, the biggest thing for me is. I get everything ready for myself that I know I'm going to need like a week ahead of time. Hmm. And it's not maybe packed, but I'm like, all right, I got my vest. I got my gun. I got ammo and it's just set out. So if I go somewhere, I see it and I know Hmm. that, Hey, I can't forget that. Um, But I know the next biggest thing I always think about is food and water for my dog. Hmm. And I have, I don't, I don't even remember the, the name of it, the brand. I bought it at Shields, but it holds like 10 cups of food and a gallon of water. Okay. So I always set that there, couldn't closer to, because I'm like, well, if I forget food and water for my dog, that's not going to be good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes, those are those are right up there with yeah the the, the gun and the ammo. Yeah, yeah. I say I, I don't know about packing because I feel like I never take any of my stuff out on my truck. So <laughs> just lives in there. <laughs> well, I usually take my boots out, or else I'd probably get pretty smelly. But I take and I take my guns out, but I just don't trust people. But 
Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Uh, Mike, my vest, my vest probably lives in my, my vests live in my truck. Yeah. Unless they're like covered in blood or guts or something that I will wash it out. But you, you don't leave any dead quail in your vest and you're in your truck for th- two months. Uh, fe- feathers, <laughs> feathers. I don't okay. know. Not the whole bird. So the maggots are you know, crawling all over your, your I deck think, system. I think if I, I think if I were you, I would have just burned it. <laughs> Dude, the smell came out. It came out. It, it actually you, you, worked. You text Matt at Final Rise and be like, I fucked up. <laughs> I, made a, I made a mistake here. Yeah. Dude, I've never seen maggots that big before. Oh, yeah, it, was, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. That's it. I'll leave like feathers and feathers in my, like, the, like bunch of feathers or blood or something yeah. in the back of my truck. But yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> well, I guess usually during hunting season too, I my shotgun never left my pickup really either. I'd take it out if it got wet and it was snowing to mm. dry or whatever. But anytime I was driving around, it was always in there. You're, Probably, passing, I, you're passing prime bird country though on your way I to know, work. And I, work I, I work in town, so. <laughs> I, a little different. And I tried yeah. to remember not to park on school property when I had it in my, shock, in my uh, pickup. Yep. When I was going to teach, I'm like, okay, Scott parked on the street today. Yeah, yep. <laughs> good, good point. Good point. Yeah, there's just so many things that you've got to pack. And it's always know, the have more, enough. The more yeah. you can leave, I know, the more you can leave, actually leave in your truck. Again, it's, there's, there's a risk to it of, as far as, you know, right. trusting people. But the, the more you can leave it in there, it just makes going on, on a, it, whether it's a day trip, a big trip, a little easier. Just when you can say, you know what, I, I know I have all the essentials. Like I can just pick up and go. I just have like my grab bag for my dogs. So that's my like my mud river grab bag, and that has pretty much all I need for like a day day trip. Yeah. So that's awesome. You guys also making making lists. I know it's weird. Like if you're gonna go on a big trip, like our first time last year, we trip planned to go to Montana. I was sitting in our first birthing class. It was probably mm. a month ahead of time that we had started taking, and I was making a list as they were talking about, you know, how, what to expect when you're expecting and so on. And I'm like, oh, I can't forget my boots, extra <laughs> pair of socks. Good multitasker. <laughs> Good multitasker. <laughs> and you, I remember, don't know about every, that one. you remember everything from that class, don't you? You remember uh, everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good job. Um, sounds like both of you, both of you have done some some definitely definitely early season hot weather hunts. Talk about uh, you know, just talk to the audience out there who maybe they're new, newer to hunting and they want to say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna hunt early season birds this year. Talk about the importance of uh, you know water for your dogs, you know temperature for them, keeping them cool, all that kind of good stuff. What, what have you experienced, and what what advice could you give someone out there? Don't push it. I guess would be my advice. Like if you. If you're hot, the dogs are going to be hot. Um, try to hunt like your early mornings and your your evenings if the temperature is. I mean, if you're out in Montana and it's still 90 degrees at eight o'clock, you're. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. But hmm. um, I don't know. My biggest thing is I always have plenty of fans for hmm. my dogs, mm-hmm. and I take I took uh, Robert Poor's. Um, thing and I have my my meat mister for my Traeger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The little yep. water, yeah, water mister yep. thing. So that my water or my juice mix mister is also my water mister. <laughs> no, but I have, but I have like four fans for my dogs. I have two that are like right on there that I bungee to their kennel, and then I have uh, my Milwaukee job site fans. 
that I put in front of them because the Milwaukee job site fan, I think, is at the highest power is or at the lowest power is about the highest that my other fans are at. Okay. So just a little ed- added and my batteries last a lot longer for my Milwaukee stuff than Oh nice. Than uh the thirty dollar Amazon ones I got that sure. just strapped to the kennel. But okay. no, just having plenty of water, especially on you. Biggest thing is like making sure your dog actually gets it because I have to fight my oldest one to come and get water. Sure. That's good. I'd say for me, water is a big thing, but I also got to like watch your dog. Like sometimes when you're in Montana, even it was early morning and Willow was getting hot and she wanted to just go lay in the shade. I'm like, okay, you don't need to drink water now because I was watching a YouTube video about that beforehand, knowing it was supposed to be hot. And they said, you know, when it's, if your dog is that hot, don't let him drink water or too much water, basically. Mm-hmm. So I kind of let her cool down herself a little bit. And then I'd be like, hey, do you want some water? And I'd put it out in front of her. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't just go chugging a bunch. But sure. It's definitely tough when you see them laying there in the shade going, <laughs> panting yeah. away, and you can tell they're just hot. But Yeah. Yeah, my truck needed a detail after that weekend. I had slobber all over my dash <laughs> trying to cool dogs. Because even, like, I was trying to cool dogs off quicker because it was, like, how are we I think we did probably push them. I pushed one of my dogs just a little bit further than I probably should have. And that was just part of the reason we were just too far. And we we walked one more field, and we were like, yeah, let's, let's just do it. And, and it, got, it was just getting too hot, and Riggs yeah. was just – Riggs was – shot so yeah nothing like where you have to go to the vet or anything but sure. he's that's good slobbering all over my dash and yeah panting and yeah yeah so it's always a hard balance it's a hard balance it of is. Kind of knowing knowing when 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 too much is too much uh right. again it's it, you're out there you think you can go a little bit further a little bit further um yeah it's, it's hard but i get i think i think it's easier when you know your dog more when you hunt with them more and you can kind yeah. of tell their different body language and stuff right now he just kind of and then he doesn't stop so now it's just kind of learning from my mistakes and sure. then uh, just paying attention to body and then especially their mouth especially like if you get started to get like some stringy s- slobber coming out of sure. his mouth yeah kind of kind of shut her the, down the signs there yep exactly um so you two run the upland nomad podcast um tell us how that has how, how'd that come about for you two what uh what was the idea behind it and uh how's it been going <laughs> well we've been taking a break this one this uh, summer so. sounds, sounds like you guys have been a little bit busy work babies yeah. all that good stuff so we kind of resume in the winter but um yeah michael you're the one that started it so I'll let you oh. talk about it. Okay. So how it started was um, when I was teaching, I had a 50-mile commute to work every day. So every time I drove, I listened to podcasts. I didn't listen to music. And I'm like, at least listening to podcasts and all these stuff, you know, it's kind of nice. You know, they're just talking and it's stuff that you're interested in type stuff. And and I got thinking, I'm like, well, that'd be a good idea because Wyatt and I are three and a half hours apart. We don't talk that much anymore. Like we can't just go, Hey, you want to go out and eat or whatever, or whatever, go out and grab a beer. So it's like, well, maybe we can talk. So I was starting to talk to him. Like maybe we should just start it. And once a week we can talk about hunting, something that obviously we both are passionate about. And I guess that's just kind of, he said right away, he was like, no, I don't, uh, I probably shouldn't start when I can be your guest on it. And I was, I just kind of <laughs> convinced him. 
<laughs> kind of forced you in there, Wyatt, huh? Yeah. yeah he did. <laughs> and then we got the, yeah, it started all bad. We wouldn't listen to the first episode if I were anybody. <laughs> People always start with the first one. They always yeah. start with it. Yeah, and I would not. We should just take that sucker down. Just start with two or three. <laughs> yeah, I think. Like I think, I think too. We talked about like our season recap, if I remember right, or something like that, and like from twenty twenty one. There you and go. And then we slowly started getting some guests on, <laughs> but and we just kind of do it for fun. And yeah. Yep. That's we, awesome. Uh, what, what's what's been maybe the biggest uh, challenge? Has, has like what's the process been like for you guys? I mean, maybe finding time could be could be challenging, but what's uh, what's it been like? Finding time, matching up our times, is probably the mm-hmm. hardest part. So, and then the time it takes afterwards for like me to like edit the podcast. Mm-hmm. So you have to find time to uh, record it and everything, and then you have to find time to edit. And I yeah. used to just do it late, late at night, and I'd show up to work tired the next day or whatever. But in the summers, you wake up early for work, and I do it now. It's like I don't really want to stay up late. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, yeah. But and the learning once you learn it, the editing goes quicker. Sure. But the learning curve right away was tough. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just talked. So. Publishing. <laughs> I mean, all the, and, then, and then keeping up on you know social media with it too. It's definitely definitely a yeah. I, I, I'm with you as far as that. When I started out, I was like, oh, it's not gonna be that bad. And then once I started doing it more, I'm like, wait a second, this does take some <laughs> a good amount of time to you know just just produce it well and, and get it out there. Yep. So. And you got six kids, and I got six kids. Yeah, yeah. Then there's then there's that. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's fun though. But yeah, I'm finding yeah more and more of my stuff is yeah early in the morning because I I'm not a night owl, so I'm like nine nine o'clock is like late for me. I'm I'm out, so I gotta, gotta say recorded and then um yeah usually early morning I'll I'll do the record the intros and edit do all that stuff and get them out. So this last couple of weeks I've been recording quite a few of these. And then I'll just be able to publish for a couple couple weeks here on out. That's kind of what we did when we were knew we were kind of well. We didn't really release any. We just released one this week, and then uh, we just kind of banked episodes so we could. And then we just both got super busy this yeah. summer. So I was saying I don't want to talk to people when I get home at eight nine o'clock at night. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I already got to talk to the wife when I get home. So it's like yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I just want to eat and shower and go to bed. Like, yep, yep. <laughs> and do it all again tomorrow. So. Exactly. No, the episode banking's been good. It's been, if I, cause I can, cause I can do it for like I can record a bunch of episodes for like two weeks, that but then I don't have to record anything for like two months. No, I'm good. Right. So right. That works out. That works out. Um, well, guys, as we as we start to wrap this thing up, um, one of the things I like to ask every guest um, is again, what you know, thinking about the new new hunter out there, uh, maybe someone's just getting into bird dogs and getting into upland hunting. What's a piece of advice that you would share with them as they're starting down this this new journey? Yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help or reach out to people and ask for some help. I think that's uh, I think that's always something that some people like aren't always willing to do they're mm. afraid of what people might say i guess so and i think the upland community is very welcoming in that aspect as i know i've talked to quite a few people on instagram about things so how tech how would i do this or how do you go about hunting partridge or something like that and 
having just having that community is nice. Yeah, I'd say mine's pretty similar to that. About the same thing is don't be scared to reach out. Um, but I'm more in terms of talking like if you're getting into it, I know sometimes the first hunt is tough. You know, you're like, I don't really know what to do. Don't be scared to find somebody and say, hey, can I tag along with you? Hmm. Almost get like a mentor. Yeah, I think yeah, I think a mentor. Like, I guess I take advantage. Uh, I look past that because I grew up with a mentor and just kind of hmm. started hunting pheasants when I was 14, 15, and upland birds. Well, before the actually upland birds before like 10, 11, 12 with my dad. So, yeah, it, uh, I haven't really had to go ask. Like, oh, like hunt around town. Like, I just sure. kind of been able to figure things out because I've grown up with it. But I know a lot of people don't grow up. I know a lot of people are get their first dog when they're 20. Like, I took my first dog when I'm 21. Some people might start hunting when they're 21. So, sure. so I think that's like the don't be afraid to. YouTube's a great source for everything. So, <laughs> yes, uh, it is. YouTube and then social media. There's a lot of good forums on Facebook. Um, most people are polite. Some people are not. Most, most, yep. Most people. Some people tear you apart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, just being able to like reach out, either if it's in like a NAVDA chapter, uh, you're Nastra. So I don't know how that all works, but I'm sure you have a community. So if somebody wanted yep. to, yeah, I'm sure there's people. a bunch of bird hunters in that community too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, like you said, there's great people out there. You just gotta kind of kind of put yourself out there a little bit and ask and ask questions yeah. and yeah i think i, I mean I've, I've been able to meet so many cool people like you guys and I, I have some good friends of mine now in my life who i've met because of bird hunting because of yeah. asking questions commenting on posts or, or whatever it might be and then you start a conversation and and kind of things go from there but you got to be willing to um yeah just put the time in and like you like you said reach out i say yeah i ran into a guy that i run dogs with now here in town just by happened chance he came on one of our zoom rooms and he happened to be from grand forks and i was like oh so we got to talk and now we're going to wyoming together and we run dogs periodically nice when time works out so that's awesome yeah that's awesome. just kind of meeting those friends just uh it's not always fun to hunt alone you know? yeah yeah, yeah. It's long, <laughs> it, it, long extra long days by yourself it is nice if you're in the day trip every once in a while to hunt by yourself, but like sure. those trips you take, it's always nice to have somebody to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially trips that if you get skunked on, it's always better driving home with someone right. by, yourself. by yourself. Your thoughts just go wild. Right. <laughs> you, have a, you have a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. I say, how are things looking in your neck of the woods? Like I heard Nebraska reading through the girls primer. looks like things are doing pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah, Nebraska looks pretty good. Um, I mean, Nebraska and Colorado, I know for sure, have gotten a ton of, of rain this past summer. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe I mean, I, well, I wouldn't say too much, but a, a lot of rain. So I yeah. think bugs habitat's going to be looking better than last year for sure. Yeah, um, I haven't been in those areas. I haven't been out west or anything yet, but just huh. like I mean, I live in the the part of the state that's got the lowest bird numbers around. But every time we've been out, we've been able to move like a cover or two of birds so nice and then the brood sizes are up they're like more mature not up i should say about this okay. i shouldn't say that i did we did uh cash pointed a covey of 20 huns the other day oh, so wow. okay that's awesome i got have you read through the the grouse primer yet 
Yeah, most of the okay. states that I the states that I plan on hunting, I have. Okay. I, I haven't looked at that yet. I need to take a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say, sounds like it's going to be another good year yeah. in the places that we're hunting. So it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, cool guys. Um, we're going to uh, go through the rapid fire section here and uh, bring this thing home. So I'll ask you guys a few questions. Give me your off the cuff answer, and uh, we'll wrap it up. Sound good? All right. Yep. All right. Um, all right, Michael. For you, what came first, the dog, the gun, or the bird? Um, I would say probably the bird for me came first. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of what hooked you in. Yep. All right. I'd say so. Cause even you know, when I first started bird hunting is I had a Winchester 1200 hand me down shotgun type stuff. And then I don't know, I guess the first time you see the flush of a pheasant, it was pheasants for me. Yeah. It, it gets you hooked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, why same question for you what came first the gun the dog or the bird the dog okay i was always intrigued by the dog i just was never was in this position to own one i saw you play college baseball you can't don't have time to take care of a dog so <laughs> sure. uh, that's good that's good all right uh let's stay with wyatt here what gun are you carrying into the field and why oh probably depends on the day um we're talking most of the time or uh yeah yeah what's the what's the gun you're grabbing most out of the safe probably my 20 gauge uh my cz ultralight but i do have a four the one you put all the nicks in the stock from your yep, handheld yep, <laughs> yep. yep it was yep. Put a little extra checker pattern on that yeah i was just marking them off so i marked every bird i shot this past year <laughs> Uh, no i do uh i do have a 410 and then my 12 gauge she's kind of got sidelined you know i don't i like my sub gauges now so and i okay. hope to get a 28 gauge that's probably another yeah no it's not another question hope to get a 28 gauge at some point just to okay. have one awesome awesome michael how about you man what uh, what gun you carrying into the field and why uh so it's a mosberg sa28 uh, 28 gauge uh, auto loader um picked it up at the used uh shotgun section at my local shields when i lived in central north dakota all right on. and i guess the reason i got it was because the gun i was using before then was a winchester sxp 12 gauge waterfowl edition that i won at a raffle and okay. it was getting heavy and i didn't like lugging it around much anymore so <laughs> i bought that 28 and i'm like hey i can put more lead out there because i can shoot faster and i need that <laughs> but no i've grown to love it it's nice and light and low recoil and knocks down birds that's awesome man that's yeah. that's the gun to use yeah um all right we'll stick with michael uh favorite breed of dog besides the one you own and i'm also gonna throw you a curveball you can't say a gsp either Okay. Because oh, <laughs> your buddy Wyatt has them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the favorite breed of dog. I'm going to go with – that's a tough one. I would say it's a toss-up. Can I say two? Nope. Kind of a tie? Dang nope. it. <laughs> so I got to play – Hard and fast rule. Hard uh, I gotta, and fast. This is rapid fire, Michael. Come on. <laughs> I got I to play any mini mini mo here. In I got to eat dinner tonight still, man. Uh, oh, sorry. I'll say uh, – <laughs> uh this is okay uh llewellyn <laughs> you setter. just pulled that out of thin air you i did just, not <laughs> you just you not. just thought of, you were going through the alphabet and you're like no. uh, i'm to the l's now 
No, I'll tell you, it was between the Visla and the Llewellyn because we had a guy on our podcast that bred them. And oh, man. I don't know, they interest me. You <laughs> were never talking on work. You were talking what? about Brittany not too long ago. Uh, it changes all the time. And a wire. No, he it already depends. worked through the bees, and so he was down. Oh, yeah. He was down further in the well, alphabet. Hey, I, mean, I like all dogs. Okay. No. <laughs> oh, that was that was painful. Yeah. But, okay. It, all right. Your, your answer is locked in. Your answer is locked in. Yeah, my answer is locked in and ready to go. All right. All right. Why? Show. Show. Let's show Michael how it's done here. Favorite breed of dog besides the ones you own? English Setter. Thank God. Good job. <laughs> I, I, I had that one locked and loaded. When okay. I, the, okay. Well, I, gave you, I gave you 20 seconds to think about it. <laughs> I went down the line. I got the E. So. <laughs> um, is that going to be your, your third dog you want to pick up, Wyatt? Or are you yeah, going yeah, to get here? It, no, I think I'm going to get a setter at some point. I th- I'm just not looking forward to removing burrs and ticks and all that right now. So. Yeah, it'll be worth it. It will. Yeah. It'll be worth it. Okay, uh, a couple more here. Uh, favorite bird to hunt and why? Who are we going um, with? We'll go. We'll stay with Wyatt. I'm going partridge. Okay, partridge. Uh, just like the explosion of the fl- like the the covey rise. Hmm. Grown to love that over the last few years hunting them. So yeah, they're fun birds. They scare the shit out of you every time. <laughs> every every time. Every time. Yep. Michael, how about you? Favorite bird to hunt and why? The good old rooster pheasant. To me, you can't you can't beat the the flush of it and the the beauty of it. Is what I'm kind of big into. They're beautiful birds. <laughs> they really are. They they really are. They have some awesome coloring, good size. I mean, they're they're fun. And, and and they even scare me sometimes when they you know dogs on point and this big old big old rooster gets up and. There. I'm just wondering what this big old sage is going to look like on the other yeah. side of the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big old fun. turkey. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. I, <laughs> I, I flushed them. Uh, I flushed them once. It was it was preseason scouting a couple years ago. And uh, my young dog, Wynn, pointed, uh, I don't know call them, flock or covey of, of sharp pit or of uh, sage grouse. And they, they're massive. They are freaking massive. Yeah. Like my plan is to hopefully shoot one before i can't hunt them anymore so yeah and then if i shoot a bomber it's going on the wall that's there you go <laughs> if not i got say i've hunted one so yep awesome all right um let's see here uh let's go with michael best and worst gear purchase for you in the last year or so anything come to mind kind of your best gear you've you've bought and maybe something you bought you went you know what <laughs> that that wasn't either needed or that, that wasn't as useful as I thought. I would say the best piece of uh, gear that I bought was my new shotgun, the okay. SA-28. And then the worst, yeah, it's quick. It's a quick one. The wow. worst one I bought was Turned the around. Uh, I bought the Shields Outfitter like vest for my dog. And I just oh, okay. went and didn't think anything of it, looked at the size. I'm like, yep, this will fit her. It, it does not fit her at all. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like nope and yeah, you can't return it now she'd, she'd have her leg caught in a hole and now she's got three legs trying to run because her front yes. leg went in and i'm like oh, oh gosh yeah. oh, so i just got thrown away <laughs> thrown to yep. the side not to use <laughs> live and you learn same one for yep. you what uh best piece would be my final rise sidekick vest and then uh worst gear um I haven't really bought a piece of gear that I'm just like, yeah, 
that was a waste of fucking money. But <laughs> I did. Uh, so I last weekend I was on the building train, and so I built a uh, like a charge all box. So like all my collars and oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. So that might be the. It could either go really good or it can go really bad. So <laughs> to be determined. To be determined, that might be the worst. Okay, is that, worst. Is that where you, like you you put like a power strip in the box and then yeah, you plug get everything one in? Those, you get one of those Harbor Freight like pel- like supposed to be Pelicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, I went in there and they're on sale for twenty five bucks. So I was like, I felt really bad drilling a hole into uh, this, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, dang, this is like actually be a nice case for like GoPro or something else. But sure. no, I'm just gonna drill a hole in the side of it. So we'll <laughs> see how go. we'll see how it works. It's been well, working all right so far, but okay. We'll see when you, you take to, it on the road. Report, yeah, you have to report back on that. I will. That's awesome. All right, uh, your go-to snack on a hunting trip, Michael. Trail mix. Ooh, okay. Good old, the ones good old with the chocolate pack. chips and M&Ms. Yep. <laughs> Got to have the chocolate in there. Yep. <laughs> All day. That's awesome. Wyatt. I'm not a snacker, so I get when I stop, I stop in the morning for a uh, – my gas station uh casey's pizza okay and then i and then i probably won't eat again until supper so a little little breakfast pizza yeah little breakfast za and can't be a little greasy but oh yeah casey's is way to go man it only comes around during hunting season and then i never go back again (laughs) (laughs) you get tired of it i don't even i don't even get tired of it but it's like i don't need i I don't need to go to casey's (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man all right last one uh beverage of choice after a hunt wyatt yeah bush latte bush latte (laughs) how do you how do you make one of those Bush latte or a bush mosa? Tell you about make bush mosa. That's awesome, uh, Michael. For you, beverage of choice after a hunt. A bush light. Bush light. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are on the you guys are on the bush train. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Okay. That, is that, <laughs> is that, that a North is that North Dakota thing? It's a North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota thing. I think. <laughs> okay, kind of that whole little section up there. Yeah. Okay. They weren't we're very the, happy. They we're weren't very happy about the Bud here. Light commercials and then. Yeah. <laughs> you guys all <laughs> switch. Uh, I did switch to I do like my Coors banquets. I do like the old the old yellow jackets. So mm-hmm. that is the that's my go to for sure. Or a little little whiskey or once in a while don't hurt. Yeah. It definitely does not hurt. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, for jumping on here. Um, it's been uh, been good to finally catch up with you both, and um, I know you guys got a lot going on with with hunting, family, podcast stuff. You guys are trying to rock, so um, thanks for making time to come on here and chat with us. Thanks for having us on. Oh, yeah, thank you. Absolutely, guys. What's uh, r- remind everyone name of your podcast, social media, kind of all that stuff. If if people want to follow along and and check out what you guys are doing, it'd be Upland Nomads podcast. You can find us on. Apple, Spotify, anywhere else, Michael? Uh, you can search us up, and it'll take you right to our website. Well, I shouldn't say our website, but uh, the RSS feed. You can listen to it directly from there too. I say then Upland just Upland Nomad Podcast at Instagram. So perfect, and find us. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much. Good luck this season coming up to both of you. Um, good luck chasing chasing birds and uh, getting out there exploring new land. So good luck to both. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You, you as well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
All right, hang on one second, guys. And that's a wrap of episode 98 with Michael and Wyatt. Guys, thank you so much for just taking some time, sitting down with me, and unpacking your journey into upland hunting and sharing what keeps you going, what keeps you motivated uh, chasing upland birds. It's always fun to uh, get that perspective through other people's lenses. And so really appreciate that, guys. Keep up the good work with your podcast, your content. Uh, Love hearing stories uh, that you guys are cranking out. That's a wrap of episode 98 here. Uh, Be sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave a rating and review. Share it on social media. You can share any episode on social media. Tag the Upland Rookie Podcast and uh, would love to reshare some of those and uh, just hear what you have been learning from the series over the last three years uh, and just what, what are some of the things you're taking away episode to episode. So until next time, go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.